0: Episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. We love a Linktree because it's got all the ways you can help support Block Talk. Visit linktree.com/michaelblocktalk to click on the links. We've got a link to Redbubble where you can purchase all of your Block Talk merchandise, from T-shirts to mugs to hoodies to totes, available in a variety of styles. Another link is all the platforms you can listen to podcasts, plus links to PayPal, Venmo, and Buy Me a Coffee, should you feel the desire to tip a host. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Oh, Uncle Brucie, you played yourself out of this game. The second chances fantasy game is over, but how did it happen? It's time to talk all things Survivor 45, Pelican Pete's Private Island. And joining me is someone who would never be foolish enough to walk out of the game with their idol. It's Heather Cannon. How are you?
1: Hello, thank you for having me. I think that's a bit generous because I could easily see myself being the person or I either playing it prematurely or not playing it.
0: But at least but- you played it. <laughs> At least you played it. This man said, my ego is bigger than everybody's, and I'm going to think I'm going to be safe. Oh, yeah, man. but he I didn't know
1: he was up against a one-woman Black Widow Brigade.
0: He didn't, he didn't. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this. Um, now, look, I want to hear your initial thoughts. Uh, you may or may not be connected to someone on who, who may have been on this season. Would you like to share with the, the, the class?
1: Yes, well, I'm a longtime friend of Brandon's. So that's made this season very interesting. Uh, I'm very glad that I like the cast overall because that'd be really awkward if I was hating on his friends. But of
0: course, course. yeah,
1: it's like it almost feels like it's been like two different seasons because the first two episodes, I was just so focused on him. That was like it just feels like it's a different game. So it's been kind of weird. But yeah, it's been a fun experience.
0: Now, I want to hear your thoughts on. The 90 minutes of it all. And I think that's part of what I feel is part of why it feels like a different season. Because we are getting so much content and backstory for all the contestants. Do you like having 90 minutes and the ability to learn about everybody?
1: Yes, I love having the 90 minutes. The thing that I've been noticing the most this season is that usually it's like every Thursday or Friday, I end up writing like a really long Twitter thread. Just like breaking down like a certain decision that was made in the game. Or like just trying to get into like my speculation on a player's perspective. And I haven't done that once this season. Like it's usually like a weekly thing for me. And Mm I haven't really felt that compelled to write more than a tweet or two trying to like explain why I think someone did something because I feel like the edit has been so much more self-explanatory. And that to me is huge. I also feel like we've been having a lot more of the really fun moments, which I personally love. Like my favorite seasons are like. Fiji and like San Juan del Sur, like Pearl Islands, like ones that have a lot of like more crazy personal moments and not just like all the like strategy heavy stuff. So like the boys night and like D's toes and all that. Like I just feel like the season has been so fun, but also much more clear than recent modern era seasons where there's so many twists yeah. and like no time to explain why people are making the moves they're making.
0: That part. Well, we're going to talk about um the boys night because I have opinions. I really do have opinions, but let's get through it. They are the top eight, and Kendra is not. Uh, She had no clue. Jay thanks them for not voting for him. He's still alive. He played the dead dog for the last two votes and claims he doesn't have to do that anymore. He says he's got friends and people who want to look out for him. So knock on wood that he's back in this game as a player and not a pawn. And I say keep knocking. Still not looking great, Amigo.
1: Yeah, I feel like his edit this season has just been, like, very much a combination of, like, romeo and owen were like with owen he's getting a lot of like the charlie brown stuff where like he's clearly like a smart and very rootable player but like just like can't get his feet under him and with romeo where like he was playing like in a decent spot in the obviously not identical with their trajectories because jake never went to tribal council right but like feeling like pretty strategically solid and in good with a lot of people in the pre-merge but then in the post-merge He's the alternative plan every single week. So it's been a rough season to be a Jake fan, but he's kept a pretty good attitude about it and he's been bringing the fun moments. So I'm enjoying myself. But yeah, it's been a little stressful for Jake. I feel for him.
0: Drew and his never-ending metaphors, as you said, calls Jake Charlie Brown as he bums through the game with a rain cloud over him. Drew says, miraculously, people are aiming past him as other targets. Well, Mr. Drew, Mr. Ivy League, dare I say he's not a threat? And that's perhaps why people are aiming right past him because... At this point, drag him to the end. He's not winning.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's hard to judge now how people perceive Drew in the game. I know, I think I like Drew a lot more than you do. I know you're not his biggest fan, but I feel like we don't, We ha- I feel like more in the pre-merge, we were getting people's perspectives on yes. him, but I feel like we're not as much now. We have seen him get into... I mean, every guy other than Austin that he's played with, he's gotten into a fight with. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Like, he gets along fine with all the women. But the guys, like, other than Austin, he's, like, just constantly beefing with them, which I find to be really funny.
0: But Emily will... Yeah, Emily will note that it's interesting that Bruce voted for Kendra and believes that he really never liked her. Drew says he let her go, saving his own asses, as as I suppose. Drew says that Bruce is an interesting spot as he wants to get rid of Bruce's idol next. At this point in time, no one in their right mind thought that Bruce would go along with it. Um, But alas, we will get to it. Drew says Bruce is almost guaranteed to play his idol, but him winning all the immunity challenges shreds the possibility of flushing the idol. But Brucey, who has never been in a better mood, will talk to the whippersnappers about his time in the Navy. They're all laughing along now, but Drew and the rest of the tribe, well, Bruce, you just gotta end your immunity run and then you end your game. Morning has come, and Dee has slept like a freaking baby. I personally can't sleep, period. Is it possible that I need to get on to Survivor in order to have a good night's sleep?
1: i don't know i feel like it's just some people can just sleep anywhere but i'm so i'm the same like i could never do forever for many reasons but one of the main reasons is like sleeping in the cold with everybody around and all the noises and on bamboo with my Mm -hmm. old back like everything about it i'd be getting no sleep out there like i would be basically like a blackout drunk version of myself (laughs) sleep deprived i would be so i think it's just depends on the people and some people i've met a lot like that who They can just sleep anywhere in any circumstance. And I guess maybe when you're farther in the game too, like you're so sleep deprived that like you just eventually just like pass
2: out.
0: Yeah. Well, Austin notes that they are in such a small group, which I think is code for, I can have more hanky panky time soon, but we can't talk about that quite yet. Next week, we'll see if the deed was done. Get it? Because her name is Deed. Yes. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> Julie, though, is going to cockblock anything as her age and mine, too. Let's be real. We need a neck rub. So, Austin, if you're offering, I will take one. Um, I know you're not uh, my my island body, but um, I will still take a neck rub. I feel like he's got good hands.
1: Yes, I think so, too. You might have to fight him uh, with Bryce on that one, though.
0: That's probably true. Julie didn't sleep as she is connecting with people and she's lying to their face have the Kelly vote and the Kendra vote. Julie is very emotional and she was devastated as the girls wouldn't even look at her as she states the feeling of betrayal is hard for her. Welcome to the game of Survivor. She says she is used to being loyal and trustworthy and someone you can count on no matter what. She laments to Drew that there are two people out there who wouldn't trust her as far as you can throw her and it hurts her. Now Drew's going to try to console her and well... Uh, he is not the person I would go toward when I need some, some consoling. He was very awkward about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing that just stood out to me was that he told her that they're good regardless of what happens in the game, which is very nice. And I understand when I see that at a human level. I feel like I personally would never want to do that because it's like, yeah, we'll be yeah. good. It's like uh, Steph- it's- the final three with Stephanie, Danny, and um wraith in guatemala when he tells yeah. danny like forget our final two like do what you need to do like in my head i would be like we're good after the game but like i'm not gonna tell you that until after i don't know right. maybe it's a little bit harder when you have a closer bond with somebody and it's you see them in situations. that much distress yeah. but i'd be like i don't want you to know in advance like hey you can cut me and it'll be cool like we will be cool
0: but I don't, those want, I don't want you to know that Where it's like, you can say that, and then after the fact, if I'm not happy, all I'm going to be is like, roll the tape. This is what you said. That's the dangerous thing about reality TV. It will stay with you literally forever. Yeah. Well, anyway, Julie is struggling with the role they have bestowed upon her as the mama-trusting character. Drew will tell her that in the end, things could get hairy as he will start to sob in his dorky way, saying that them four, they really care deeply about each other. But he wants to know. That they're going to be good no matter what. And when he said that, I was like, oh, those waterworks for emotions, they're not there for emotions. They're for... He wants an Emmy Award. <laughs> wants one. Don't we all? That's true. Julie says, getting closer to the end, it's an emotional mental test for all of them. She says she loved alliance before, but at some point they have to turn on each other. She ponders, how do you vote them out when they love you? Um, I know how you see dollar signs flashing at the end of the game. Then it's much easier. True. Listen, if they call me daddy, I would say, well, you can add the word sugar in front of it and let me win. And I will be sure to give you like a hundred bucks in your wallet after the game. That's not bribery. It's just comes with the territory of being a sugar daddy. There you go that's how that's a loophole that's how i can get people (laughs) to vote for me uh now to keep things juicy we have to go check in on those who are not in the core four as katora chats with bruce and emily that the core four is not literally is now literally half the tribe emily says that they are picking off people and that's scaring katora bruce wants to know who is making decisions for those four katora thinks it's d and emily is like i don't know but we know emily knows she's aware Emily's thinking that the core four is not going to turn on each other and that should scare her. She hopes her alliance with Drew and Austin is true, but she is re-questioning where people are standing. She's forced to go back and force new relationships. And like I said to Julie, welcome to Survivor. Katora tells them that if they want to make something happen, they have to get all together. And Bruce asks Emily what her thoughts are about that. And when she begins her sentence with the word, um, not a convincing conversation she's going to have you know that she's not going to be a part of whatever he wants her to do
1: yeah yeah i feel like this whole season has just been interesting because we've been seeing so much of katara's perspective on bruce but we haven't really seen him see that much of it Right. So to us, it's like so obvious, but he just unfortunately was not picking up on that.
0: Not at all. Emily knows that she wants to make a move against the re- strong Reba IV. She will need support and is frustrated that in order to do so, she needs to work with Jake, Bruce, and Katora, who do not know how to work together at all. Bruce says that he's on the chopping block, and Emily reminds him it's because of the idol. The idol, which is the star of this episode. Mm-hmm. Emily feels like Bruce doesn't want to play his idol strategically as he is only interested in protecting his own ass. My words, not hers. She said, but she's a very nice girl. She doesn't use bad language. like I do. Do you think that after all this is happening, I'm being very religious oriented here. Do you think that Jeff might reconsider giving the alpha males advantages now because they're not going to use them properly?
1: Um, I don't necessarily think so, because how many have there been other than Bruce? Have misused them. I feel like I spent more it's people who get it them. don't I, use them.
0: Well, that's part of it. I think he's just given the alpha males everything. Like I, I said earlier in the season, like, are you kidding me? Austin magically gets a, a goodwill advantage when he knows no, 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 no. He's the only one who would have been able to use the goodwill advantage. Of course, they were going to have the advantage given over to Austin. It was all played. It was all I called out, Jeffrey Marie Probes. That's what I say.
1: I mean, Emily's, look, if they want to give an alpha male a bunch of advantages, I'm all in favor of it being Austin. The other ones usually know Austin, true. give him every advantage in the book. It's true. I will not complain.
0: <laughs> I, I, I will say, like, we have not had terrible alpha males this season like we've had in previous seasons.
1: Oh, yeah, there's no Jonathan on this cast. Nope, no. <laughs> Thank God. Emily
0: says that Bruce doesn't realize that he has the opportunity to flip the tribe on its head while the power dynamic is still with a 4-4 split. Now let's have a Kator and Bruce chat alone, where Kator will give us the best car salesman lie she tells him she's so glad to be back working together. No, she's not. She wants that man gone, but he mm-hmm. believed it. He believed it. Yeah. Bruce is about to remind her just exactly why she does not want to work with him, as he will tell her between them and nobody else. That the worst thing you could possibly do in Survivor is being afraid that someone has the knowledge power as he gave Kelly his idol. Couture is like, no, you didn't at first. And I really think she believed that Bruce wouldn't have been that dumb because she sees right through it.
1: Yeah, it's a hard situation because I do think that was a good idea on his part to, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but to tell somebody who he knows will leak the information Rather than just going to, like, say D and being like, oh, guess what? I don't have the idol. Like, I think that part of it was really smart. It's just the Katara part of it was just where it completely fell apart. Because one, she didn't maybe if she did hear it from Jake, she would have been more likely to believe it. but it's that was just really his achilles heel was just trusting katora in this situation And that's the crazy
0: thing is like he really is so blinded by himself that he doesn't know how bad his relationship was strained with katora he really thought at this point with kelly gone and now kendra technically gone with her defaulting to number one it was katora next
1: hmm. Yeah, I guess that speaks to how well Katara has been playing it, because the fact that she's so bothered by him that she's talking about it that much in confessional, which obviously everyone said she's talking about other things and doing other things too. But that she was that bothered by him and that he didn't realize it. Like, that takes a lot of self control, especially when you're starving on an island to like not be making it more obvious when you're that bothered by somebody.
0: Bruce is even going to try to snow us with the Kelly lie. He still has it. Why is he doing it? He's testing out his really big line. Now, the nerve of this man to ask Katora what she thought about his acting, I would have slapped him straight across the fucking face and be like, are you serious? Why me? Why Why do you think? No, no. He will keep trying to get her to answer about the acting, and she will oblige and say that she believed him, and he's like, good, that's our hook. He's going to use this and I'm going to get one of the Reba's out. He will ask Katora, quote, do you feel me? And she will openly and honestly and correctly answer with, no, I don't. I love her. I love her. (laughs) Yeah. Kador knows that Bruce's plan is ridiculous, as she didn't believe it for a second, but she never believes him. She knows that no one will actually believe it, so let's go test the theory. We will see Bruce play this game with Jake and he catches on, but he's going to play along telling him it was the right move, but he bet on the wrong horse. Now, Bruce, who says he's his own TMZ for leaking his own information, believes telling Jake will allow the lie to get out as Jake will spill the Boston beans to Reba because Jake does not have the ability to keep his mouth shut in this game. I don't think it's that he doesn't have the ability to keep his mouth shut in this game. He doesn't have the gameplay right now to keep his mouth shut he can't keep his mouth shut he has to share the information
1: yeah that's true i think yeah i mean ultimately he was right though but like right. regardless of the reason like which is, it just would be so interesting to me to see how that played out if he hadn't told Katara. because right. from what we saw everybody else who was told that he gave the idol away without the information from Katara, every other person bought it i mean we yeah. don't know We've seen in previous episodes how someone like Dee is really good at sussing out when someone's BSing her. So to see what she had thought if she hadn't been told first that it was a lie. But from we saw Drew, Austin, and Jake all completely bought it. So it's entirely possible if he hadn't told her, it may have worked.
0: Bruce wants Reba to think he's vulnerable so he can play the idol and turn and look and say, sorry, not today. Or as we say in the gay community, not today, Satan. Bruce will see if the plan works. Spoiler, it won't. It's time for a challenge. We got a reward to get to. For this challenge, they will race through a series of obstacles, collecting a ball along the way. They will crawl under a net and ultimately maneuver that ball through a maze. First person to finish wins a reward. The winner will be taken to the sanctuary where good things happen. Why is that not in a t-shirt yet? Do you think people are going to buy a sanctuary t-shirt that says where good things happen? You know CBS is going to do it at some point.
1: I feel like that's that's the thing that Jeff likes and that other people don't like. Maybe I'm just a hater. <laughs> to be every no, time he right. that, I roll no, my eyes.
0: I I don't like it. I hate it. But you 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 know how like catchphrases work. You got to throw it in the world and it'll catch on, even if we mock it. And I think mm-hmm. maybe Jeff is aware of how much we mock this shit sometimes.
1: Oh, I think he has to be. I mean, he's just such a corny dad sometimes. Like, and doesn't he have daughters too? Like, I think Probably. there's no way do you think, he doesn't know. Do you
0: think that's why he's not being overtly naughty in his commentary of challenges now, like with balls and? Oh, balls?
1: maybe. I think it depends. I don't know how old his kids are.
0: He's not as bad are as he used to be. Now? I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe. I feel like it wasn't that long ago. Like, I mean, I mostly just think of like the Keith Nail era with all the jokes with him but yeah i mean he has been leaning a lot more into the family friendly angle so maybe that's why he's been laying off of it
0: it's true all right well they're gonna be playing for turkey dinner with mashed potatoes gravy apple pie beer sodas and juice oh and to make it better they will spend the night at the sanctuary where they will have pillows and blankets worth playing for i think so but listen okay got the pillow got the blanket we've seen the sanctuary where are they sleeping
1: yeah, I was wondering about that too because I don't think I don't recall if they've had other overnight uh rewards so. there before. I don't think but, so. I mean, in last the past time they we've didn't seen even...
0: mattresses, we've seen hotel mattresses randomly appear.
1: Yeah, like it's and with the current era, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like mm, just sleep on the floor. But you got a pillow and a blanket, so it's a reward.
0: Yeah, that's true. All right, how would you do in this challenge?
1: Um, I probably not well. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really a challenge, inclined person. I'm like Brandon. I'm not good under pressure. um. So I relate it to that aspect of well, his struggles
0: a like lot. Brandon, can you clam, climb up a ladder?
1: I mean, it depends on whether I'm having a panic attack or not. <laughs> that's true.
0: That, that's true. I
1: don't know. But I mean, I guess it depends on what you're wearing, too, and how much those clothes are weighing you down. Generally, I can climb up an, a ladder, but I am very accent prone. I don't have good hand-eye coordination. So... I don't know I mean maybe I could do okay at the puzzle but I just I'm someone who just kind of gets very anxious when I feel like there's like a timer on me
0: my so problem I'm the, is I'm the theater I, kid
1: not the comp person
0: I have insanely shaky hands like it's it's bad I'm very mm-hmm. very shaky hands I don't think I would be able to maneuver the puzzle good enough because it, it would be bad mm-hmm. but that's okay there's other things I'm good at but let's get yeah. the challenge on the race is like a track and field race on steroids. Austin will take the early lead with Bruce behind. Jake will get to the note uh, to the knots as the ladies fall behind. The first to get the knots through is Jake, followed by Dean Bruce. They are all crawling through the cargo net as Jake will take over, be taken over by Austin. It's a fairly even match, and the maze is really the equalizer. At what point do we just say, you know what? It's really fun for for the audience to watch, but why do we even have the first part? if the maze is really where it all comes down to.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about that with this episode too. Like, it just feels like so much of what came before it was just completely unnecessary. And obviously we've seen times like when they put the balance beam in for poor Noel and she ended up somehow being able to overcome that right. and win. Like we've seen circumstances like that, but I feel like a large part of it's just like a visual thing where like, and like a length thing too, where I think they don't want a challenge to last like five minutes. Right. So I think part of that is just to kind of like extend the challenge out and make it more like visually bigger than if you're just doing a puzzle.
0: I but mean, yeah, they could it always, does feel pointless. They could always do a seven hour red, red light, green light.
1: Oh yeah. That, that would be great TV. I
0: I really need the dirt on that because I just don't comprehend my mind how that, was, that lasted seven hours, but when, uh, there's 456 people from that cast. I'm sure one of is them that, will come on the podcast, right?
1: Oh, I didn't I didn't know. I haven't watched Squid Games. I didn't realize that was an actual thing that happened.
0: Oh, Squid Game the Challenge? You haven't watched it? Is that
1: what you were talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I haven't watched. I haven't watched the original or the show. I I thought you were speaking in general. No,
0: no. Apparently it took seven hours to film that one game, which doesn't make sense if there's a whatever. Whatever. It's fine. It is what it is. (laughs) Um, all right. So the maze, everyone's falling and failing, but how long is this really going on for maybe seconds minutes who knows but the music makes me really anxious and that's the fun of this is like mm-hmm. we watch the show and even when, when i talk about drag race it's like the music the underscoring the production team on the editing side does an amazing job mm-hmm. i don't know what i would do like in the first challenge being on survivor and be like it's awfully quiet yeah. some play some music mm-hmm. please i need some music to get, me anxious yeah. to get me in this but i think that would actually make it worse for me to silence
1: yeah, I mean, we got a little bit of that Um, mm-hmm. in the, was it the third challenge that Lulu lost? Yes. With the big blocks, yes. we got a little bit of like the silence and it definitely was very noticeable. And obviously they still had some music there. They're just doing something different. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I would think maybe you're just so like focused on what you're doing, especially being in like such extreme circumstances with like the sleep deprivation and like being so starving and stressed that like maybe you wouldn't notice it as much because so much of your brain power has to go to just like remembering the instructions of what you're doing and focusing on the challenge itself that I feel like maybe it wouldn't be as noticeable but I think it kind of would depend on the challenge
0: you know what I would probably do out there because I would like to be sort of a class clown you know get on Jeff's good side and be like Jeff I need some music can you sing for me
1: yeah yeah Oh, I was going to yeah,
0: say, I, I thought it. you'd start singing to yourself. <laughs> like, I, I,
1: singing
0: might, the I might. Do or something. <laughs> I might. Jeff will mention how someone will get a rhythm. And out of nowhere will win. Is that what's about to happen? Well, it seems it's going to be an Austin vs. Emily showdown. Will Emily prevail? Cooler heads do as she sticks it. Emily wins reward, the biggest reward of the season. And those were real tears. Like that was emotion that she was feeling. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Did you anticipate Emily winning or what? What made it such a shocking victory?
1: Yeah, I mean, Austin has been one of my people on this season. So I was just very focused on him and like rooting for him, which it's, uh, I don't know if you saw his Twitter post with his letter from his brother. But... No. So his brother basically just wrote him a letter that was like talking about like in detail. I think it was a steak that he had eaten and like a lava cake or something. Like he was just talking about all the food he was eating, just like messing with him, basically. Like it was a pretty short letter. So it would have been a little bit awkward if he had been the one to win the challenge but i was so just focused on rooting for him that i wasn't really thinking about who will actually win i was like oh he's close oh he's gonna get it oh no he fell through and i was like oh well i like emily too so did you get to meet
0: him in new york
1: yes only briefly um because it's you were in that room with me he was like up against the wall by the door and it was claustrophobic so i didn't get over there until like two in the morning but He's very right, sweet. I'm funny. very glad I got to meet him. So yeah, he's
0: been I one of my get, I seasons. didn't get a chance to meet him, but we did lock eyes on the stairs, and he smiled at me, and I was like, "Oh, you are a little dreamy. Okay, I, I get it. I see the appeal. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. Let's make things a little juicy and saucy and fun." In her Jeff chat. Emily will talk about how they all knew it would be a reward and how everyone said they would take her if she won and she hasn't gone to the sanctuary. Well, look who's got the power now. She's got there on her own. Now, because Jeff likes to make his pawns feel even more emotional, he shares that after they finish dinner, they will have a clear reminder as to why they are there. It's letters from home. Now, I've said this before in this moment, in this time, in this very second, not out there on the island, malnourished and emotional. I personally wouldn't care much. This would actually be one where I would use for leverage to curry favor, where I would probably give it up because as much as I love my family, I don't need that. Like I can get by without it. But for these people, they lose their shit. They want to read a piece of paper from their loved ones. Where would you stand on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's easy to say not having played like, oh, well, they write those letters like before you even leave, like it doesn't really matter. So right. I feel like it wouldn't be that big of a deal to me. I would be like, I want to keep the food, but like, can someone else get the letter instead yeah. of me? But I know Jeff would not go for that. I but mean, then... you can
0: always try to negotiate. He all he do is be like Drew and say no.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel like he would just take pleasure in saying no to me because I'd probably be giving yeah. him crap all season.
0: But yeah, I mean, yeah, for me, it's... like I knowing my brother's handwriting, I wouldn't even be able to read it, so I don't want it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just feel like uh, I mean, some more than others. My family's not like a super like lovey dovey type. Like they wouldn't be like Austin's brother, like
2: yeah,
1: like picking on me. Like they would write a nice letter, but it's I don't know. I mean, maybe when you're in that headspace, it's not even like thinking that it's like a yeah. letter that they wrote while you were gone, but more just like needing a reminder of like kind of that validation and like the complimentary letters now, from listen, family here, members.
0: Jeff, if you're listening and if you're ever putting me on the show, this is how you get me to do this reward and, and really fight for it. Tell me my letters contain the letter from Carson. Then I'm there and I will <laughs> fight for it. Help, throw Jam Jam in there also. I love that man. Tell me they wrote me letters. and I'm like, I want them now. It would never happen, but you never know. That would be a cool reward, a letter from a previous player of like advice what to do.
1: Yeah, I think the problem is this, that most people... Like, for me, there's definitely some players that, like, I would appreciate that stuff from, but I also am connected enough online that, like, I know people have become friends with a lot of people, and I feel like if it's someone who's just giving generic advice who doesn't know you, then, like, maybe people I, would like that just because they're such maybe, big fans of the show, but, maybe like, Bruce I don't know how a, much that would help.
0: Maybe Bruce got advice from the Tika 3 in his letters.
1: Yeah. Oh, that would have been, <laughs> been sweet if he got one from the Tika 3, but I guess we'll never know. Probably not, because he's, like an adult with a family he'd probably want to hear from them more maybe if it was like karsten on a returning season he could get a letter from carolyn but i feel like bruce would in his family but that'd be really cute if he got them from the Tika three
0: emily is told she has a complicated decision pick one person she will pick mama jay because she hasn't been sleeping and sweet very sweet good to be a mama there we know how this show works so emily keep on going and select another one this time she will shock the group and shock the girl herself she's going to take katora interesting I like this choice, but very, very interesting. Let's cut over to Drew, who is actually crying now, like ugly crying, which proves my point earlier that he was not crying with Mama J because that was actually what he looks like when he's upset. Jeff will ask him what's going on. He says it's a hard choice and everyone wants it. He has nothing more to say. Why? Because he's going to continue crying like a little bitch. Uh, the way he said it, I was like, oh, my God, don't tell Jeff that. Like He's he's going to continue to make you t- Talk. don't tell him not to yeah oh
1: i thought it was just because he has a good relationship with emily and he doesn't want to like maybe, like he's maybe. upset but he doesn't want to be like guilting her
0: that's but you know, that's how you, I you, you, it. you know jeffrey was like one more one more spot and emily's going to go ladies night she's okay i want to talk about this in relation to what we had previously do you think that the boys felt perhaps those inklings of a women's alliance might actually be coming true or was this all pure heart from Emily?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like on previous seasons, it would have been seen that way a lot more. And even like for me, it didn't really come off that way. But it's weird because you would think Emily, like she's a financial analyst, Emily Flippin, like she's a very analytically minded person. so She would think it would be much more strategic, but it just didn't come off that way and i don't know if it's just because we haven't really seen her having individual bonds with really any of those women but i don't know because you would think that it would be seen that way but it just didn't come off that way to me and it didn't come off to me like other people saw it that way and maybe it's because she had that prior conversation with drew about the women's alliance we don't know if he or if emily told austin about that but I mean, Drew, it's going back to the theme of Drew hating the men and loving the women. He heard about a women's alliance. So I was like, hmm, I want Bruce out. So that works for me. So he didn't seem let, to let be me, that worried about through, it. So maybe that was why.
0: Let me throw this out here to you. We know, previous episode, Emily is not thrilled about her spot when it comes to Austin and Drew. If she picks Mama J first, and then with her core alliance that she believes is Drew and Austin. She's just potentially knocked D out of it if she's going to give all three of them the letters and have this bond. Could that have been a mm-hmm. good strategic moment to knock D out of the power position?
1: Yeah, so you mean if she didn't take D, or do you mean if she voted her
0: out? No, tonight? she did not take D. She took Mama J, Austin, and Drew instead.
1: Oh. Um, I just, hmm...
2: I don't know, if she's that's trying to hard, rebuild that for feel...
0: the relationship with the two boys where she already is feeling D has more power over them than she does that would have been the perfect opportunity to say pick me I really gave you something she has not
1: yeah I just feel like they have such a strong like bond going back so far with D we've seen how like detrimental it is to get on D's bad side I feel like there's a risk there that d would have made emily her target and from what we've seen austin and drew will pick d over emily at least so far so i feel like that would have been playing with fire a little bit to do that but That's true i so- mean maybe she discussed beforehand with um austin and drew not because i mean those are the two that we know that she's the closest aligned with and she didn't take either of them so maybe that was something that they talked about in advance was not exactly. to take each other to hide that relationship
0: well, Austin is nervous that the letters from home will bring the women together and is hoping that everything he's built will carry over after one amazing night at the sanctuary. So it's been out there. It's out there. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start our chat and stay at the late, the sanctuary for Ladies' Night. They arrive and see beanbags to sit on in a full dinner, ready to go. And the letters are just sitting there, looming large. Now, Julie says Emily winning is one of the greatest moments of the season as she brought herself to the sanctuary. Emily says that when she heard it was an overnight, she knew she was taking her girls. Now the boys are having boys night and I will talk about it as a whole segment because it it deserves its time. Now I need to talk about this though. Please note last week with the rotisserie chicken, they had no utensils this time around. The ladies are going to be debutantes. They have forks and knives only, and they're going to be cutting in nicely. Um, Why, why, why did we not have utensils last week? And also, do you think that this episode was originally intended to be the Thanksgiving episode, given what was on the menu?
1: Yeah, I mean, that would certainly be the logical conclusion. Honestly, I wonder if they just forgot the forks and knives the weeks before, because it just doesn't make sense. They did not have a drink either. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, the rewards are so weird in the modern era. I don't know what they're thinking anymore
0: whoever's the survivor chef i want to know come on the podcast tell me what 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 the criteria is or if jeff was like make it bad this week i don't know i need to know i'm so curious i like food this is why i would do terrible in survivor
1: mm-hmm. yeah well, even like with the auction i feel like the the food in the auction was not good either like they didn't even have a burger like no. it's like one slice of pizza like the a milkshake pizza. some fries like i just feel like it was not that exciting
0: no no Katora will say to Emily that in the little time knowing her, she believes Emily underestimates herself and says she doesn't realize how big of a force she is. And here we go. The girls are going to do the girl thing, which is a star contrast to the bros on the other beach. Dee tells Emily that she hopes she sees what they see in her. Emily sees it now. She feels it. Emily didn't think she would win a challenge and is proud of the fact of what she's been through, all while forgetting the massive target she is putting on her back this entire episode, which we'll talk through. I gotta say, Whoever this confessional producer is who allowed Emily to hold her wine while filming her confessional, that's a power move, baby. I Mm -hmm. loved it. And I would, if I ever had that opportunity, I'd be like, can I just have all my food? And like, we can chat and I'll eat and everything will be great. I hope she got to drink it and didn't have to just hold it there as a prop.
1: Yeah, that was instantly iconic, as Jeff would say.
0: Emily will announce that they will have a female winner of season 45. I still think she's correct. It's just not going to be Emily. She just doesn't realize that yet. Mm-hmm. Emily will give her flower, give flowers to Julie by telling her she's been in there with every single challenge. She hasn't brought it home yet. She's just got to get Bruce out. And now's the time to discuss good old Uncle Brucey. The girls are in agreement that Bruce has to go along with his idol. katora will go rogue and make a big risk here by sharing with the girls about Bruce and his idol life. D says it's a little too late to make that comment, which she's right about. That narrative needed to start the week after Kelly got eliminated. Like I don't know why Bruce didn't play it that week.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it kind of depends. Like I think with his immediate allies, it would make more sense. But with the like with the rest of the group, I think you would ne- not necessarily want that to get out. But right. yeah, well, the he had the numbers the week before.
0: Her- Yeah. He had the numbers with Kendra there last week of 5'4. He could have made a move. hmm Silly man. Katora will share that she lied to Bruce's face and they all laugh. And Katora is in revenge mode and she's letting loose lips think that ship held by Captain Bruce. The girls are in agreement that if Bruce loses, they will flush his idol. And then D comes in and says that if Bruce plays his idol, then it's Jake. Couture will ask if they're okay putting more votes on Bruce in case he doesn't play his idol. And they're like, of course. And like, isn't it wild that they all, everyone on that fucking beach really did not think that Bruce would be that dumb to not play his idol.
1: Yeah. Well, are you asking that they think that they thought that he wouldn't play it?
0: No, everyone thought there was no way in hell that Bruce wouldn't play it. Like how, what, what, what player out there has been that dumb? Ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I can like I would have played it in that scenario, but I can kind of understand because I think the thing is that what everybody was telling him made so much sense logically. Like, I think most people would agree that it's kind of wild that nobody's targeting the Reba for. So I can see from that perspective that it just makes so much logical sense for the four of them to band together to vote for a Reba. That that is why I think he didn't really pick up on the fact that they were lying to him because like who like on paper at least who wouldn't want to take out one of the rebo four? Like it made so much sense that I think that made it a lot easier to lie to him about it.
0: Gator says that having Jake as the back vote is very safe as he's very alone. But now the girls will contemplate what the guys are saying. But we're gonna save that bro chat for an entire segment. We're gonna we got some tears left to cry. D says she is nervous for the letters. Julie dives in. She's emotional and she is so rich with an amazing family and says on Survivor, if food is fuel, the letters are fire and then fire is your life. So I guess technically letters are life. Yeah. She got a letter from her brother, Dan, who reminds her she became her own hero and a hero to him. With D, she will read her letter from her dad in Spanish as he tells her that he sends her a kiss on the forehead every day. I was like, that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. I like that. Katora's sister called her a warrior and that she doesn't need to find an idol. She's her idol. Okay, get that girl a job. That was great writing. What a line. <laughs> oh, my God. Emily will show raw emotion and talk about her, Eric, her boyfriend, who is moving into their first house together, and she is not there for that big life moment. She says she feels guilt for missing that life moment. Now, if that were me, I wouldn't feel guilt. I would be having panic attacks that this person would not be doing it correctly. That's how anal I am about moving into certain places. But mm-hmm. she tells us they have had they've been together for almost a decade and she has said almost her entire life she doesn't want to get married as she doesn't view herself as a wife. But now she is out there and can't think about a life without Eric. Cue that backstory. Now I don't know if you've been paying attention but I'm, the recent trend of the backstory usually leads to an elimination the next episode hmm kendra to kendra bruce to bruce now we have emily i'm a little fearful for emily next week this is a classic reality tv show trope they've been very good not to play into that in the previous seasons on in the new era do you think they're going to do it again three episodes in a row
1: yeah i feel like it's a 50 50 shot honestly i know there's one point that i've seen people making that hers was or that other people's kind of felt more like random, like Kendra's kind of coming out of the blue, whereas it was more like tied into what was happening in the game. So I definitely don't think that it's like a definite thing. I mean, we saw D get hers earlier on in the right. season and she's turned out OK. The
0: same with Jake.
1: Yeah. So it's hard to judge because it's like in many cases it turns out to be that way but then in many cases it's also that you're the winner or finalist of the season so sure. i feel like it could go either way like i think this is a very risky week for emily but if she survives it i think she has very good odds
0: if she goes next week then i'm coming back on the podcast and be like whoever gets another one has gone they next the next online next on the chopping block anyway we do see photos of her and him and they're very sweet um Do we think when I'm on the show that I'll have a boyfriend or am I just going to be hopelessly be alone forever and not have a backstory?
1: I mean, I think your odds are probably better than mine, statistically speaking, at least.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Now let's talk about a really huge personal moment that truly for me was bigger than the show. And I'm really curious to know how it came about. As Dee and Julie thank Emily for this day on Survivor, we're going to see Katora is going through it. She's having some conflicting feelings. She got a letter from her mom, and she reveals that a year prior, she had cut contact with her. She says that her mom said she doesn't care how upset she is, and she is always her child, and she can't ever not love her that deeply. Katora doesn't know how to feel about it, and I'm so interested to know if Katora signed off on this being someone production reached out to, or if production didn't know about this story, maybe someone from Katora's family sent it in on her mom's behalf. Either way, this was a big moment, and if something like that happened to me, I would emotionally be checked out of the game for a while.
1: Yeah, I I think many of us would really appreciate some transparency on production's part because, as you mentioned, we don't exactly know what happened. I think it's unlikely that she signed off on that. I also feel like it's unlikely, but definitely not impossible, that she just never mentioned it in the casting process from what I've heard. They're so thorough. It just feels unlikely that they weren't aware of that, but it's hard when you're not someone who's a player, you don't know the exact details about how they obtain the letters, whether it's like right. you just have one person who like they're just collecting all the letters and like maybe it was like a family member who didn't respect the boundary. It feels hard to believe a family member wouldn't know, but maybe right. or if it was production um Cause I know um, Steven had mentioned online that they do have emergency contact information for family members. So she may have given them that contact information thinking it was just like a life or death emergency thing. Like if she got seriously injured out there and then production kind of took that as like permission cause they had her mom's phone number. And if they knew about it, I'm sure for them that's a great TV moment for them even though it's a very unfair thing. Yeah, Not gonna jump to accusations. But it's just, again, why I would appreciate some transparency because exactly. that is something that very seriously altered her game. I mean, she could have gone home tonight and she, like, as we saw, she seemed to be having a panic attack. I know Brandon mentioned right. something on Twitter about having a panic attack. So I would assume that that's probably something that she has mentioned after the fact of what happened. But Absolutely. Like, that, that could have been a million dollar thing for her where she easily could have been the person going home. And she didn't really have a shot in the immunity challenge. She was having a panic attack because they gave her that letter. And I just feel like they really need to come up with better protocols. Maybe it was an accident. Like maybe it was something they weren't aware of. But I think that they in the future should hopefully be a lot more proactive with that because I think that could be a major hesitation for future people applying to the show who've gone no contact with family members. If they're afraid that something like that may happen to them, then we could be missing out on some great people on the show
0: i mean believe me like on drag race cuz i always have to bring it back to drag race like you do have to give them a couple names of potential people if they ever brought a loved one on for like a makeover challenge like you have to give them the names of the people they can contact um when it comes to getting a video message on drag race again you have to most of the time approve of it but we have had moments where we've had video messages for contestants from a strange family members because they wanted that tv moment of well my family disowned me but they are better now like great tv moment but distraught contestants after seeing that because they're not expecting it so yeah i agree with you i think there needs to be a little more discussion on this um i want to give production a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. this was a huge moment um and we'll talk about what happened to couture in that challenge because it's not the couture we've seen all season
1: hmm. Yeah. And I will say that this is unprecedented. So that's why I want to not jump to conclusions about there being malice exactly. on productions part. I just am hoping I just really, really feel for Katara. We don't know, obviously, cause the game's still going. I, to my knowledge, she hasn't publicly spoken about it. So we don't know how she feels about right. it. I mean, it sounds like at least the letter from her mom wasn't like saying anything like manipulative or like, Because I know with no contact family members, like, I think the letter itself could have been worse. But obviously the fact that she was hearing from her at all is still very triggering. And I just hope that they think about this for the future so that that doesn't happen again.
0: We will see Julie immediately dive into Mama Mode for Ketora, who really needed that mother figure in that moment. So I really think that Bond is going to speak volumes moving forward. But mm-hmm. says that her true life story is literally all sad and she doesn't want to let herself fall into that pit of darkness. She tells us that she needs to win this game and won't if she won't if she thinks about all the sad stuff. That's what therapy is for post games, so I do hope that they set her up with some nice, nice therapist person. Um, also, notice how we didn't see them with their pillows and blankets, so do they mm-hmm. even see her? Oh, whatever. Yeah. Let's go check in on the Losers Lounge as the boys are having a camping trip. Now, for those of y'all who are really excited for those 90 minute episodes, let me just remind you that to fill time, we are going to hear the discussion of farting. Could we have anything more mask in this content? I mean, listen, farting is a thing. I think trying to hold it in the entire time would be hard. And I'm not sure what they do when they're alone with other contestants or just the camera people. Maybe that's when they let it out. Maybe the camera people have to hear and smell it. Um, You would think if it does happen, it would never make it to air. But not in the 90-minute episode era.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, we've seen people do that on purpose, like Danny last season right? farting during the immunity challenge. But yeah, I I would be horrified with some of the th- random things that they show sometimes in the show. Like if they showed me farting, I'd be so mad at that.
0: Right now, Drew is unsure if he farted in 18 days. I know that I would probably know if I did or didn't because my stomach would probably tell me. Um, mm-hmm. But then he's like, no, I farted once. Merch Feast, but not the candy. Good for you, Mr. Ivy League. Well, it is Men's Day. And if you ever want it to be like, I hate alpha males. I don't want Jeff's alpha males to be encouraged anymore. Well, this segment is not for you. The music will turn to this 80s inspired rock music. And if I use the word inspired, it's not actually inspired. It actually is Playing With the Boys by Kenny Loggins. Um, they actually bought the rights for this song for this moment.
1: Yeah, money well spent, I think.
0: And don't anyone say to me that Jeffrey Elizabeth Rosemary Cropes doesn't love his men. He does. Mm-hmm. He loves the macho man. We will watch Drew and his lanky ass try to pose with his lack of muscle. If I were out there or, or many other homosexuals in this moment, I think we might self-evict to get away from all the testosterone.
1: I mean, I feel like in most seasons... I would be like rolling my eyes at them and be like, get me away. But I think yeah. this group is like, at least for me, a much more likable group. Like yes. none of them to me have ever come off in any ways like misogynistic. So when they're saying locker room talk, they are talking about bacon and farts. They're not like objectifying women. And they just seem like a very like wholesome group. Like, I mean, Jake's like the theater kid. Drew's like the guy who writes poetry. Like Austin's like... I don't know about his interests as much, but he's like the sweetheart Bruce is like the wholesome dad so it's like, it gives us a very different energy than I think it may have in previous seasons sure. like usually I would have been annoyed by that But with this group I'm like I love them all good for them they're having a good time.
0: We get a, murp, a burp montage, and Jake says it's nice to be flatulent for some time, as they haven't been able to bro it up for 18 days. We're going to see some coconut smashing, fishing expeditions, fist pumping, log hauling, and Drew becoming a little bitch of the pots in the ocean. I guess he's the one who had to go clean. He says he's never broed out. He's only observed the bro out from an anthropological distance. Um... That motherfucker said that, knowing that line was getting into the con- into the edit. He knew. He knows how to self produce.
1: Yeah, I feel like it also comes back to I don't know if he studies English specifically. I don't recall like what he's studying in school, but knowing like a poetry guy, it's funny because it's like it, he speaks in such a different way than other people. I know you don't like it. I I maybe it's just the theater English background that I just enjoy hearing him talk. Just because he speaks so differently from other people, but he definitely does seem. To know he, which may come from the poetry and writing. Just how dumb. to like
0: hmm. He makes me feel dumb.
1: Oh I feel sorry. Like I'm <laughs> I smart can't say that. I've had that feeling but that's it's okay. Just, I'm a i am I feel like he speaks a way where it's like other than that one reference he made he made last week, I forget what it was. I didn't know that one. But I'm like I get what he's saying better when they're talking about Pokemon out there. <laughs> like that's I get true. I get the big words more than I get the Pokemon.
0: Now, Drew will mention how they can talk about all this locker room stuff, and I just would like to remind him that the last time locker room stuff was discussed by a reality television star, it was the monster who talked about grabbing women by the pussy. So maybe let's not talk about locker room stuff.
2: Mm,
0: just yeah. Saying. Just saying. Well, Drew says they talked about food, action movies, stuff that girls don't want to talk about. Is that true? Do you like action movies? No. Do you but like I th- food? I think...
1: I think they meant more those women in particular okay, than okay. like making a sweeping generalization, but yeah, I, I really don't care for movies. So it's like, I guess I fit that one stereotype. I can not talk about food, but now, action movies. No, thank you.
0: Now I do want to remind everyone that yes, Austin is the season hottie, but he lost about a thousand hot points as he's going to lead a discussion about how bacon is good, but not amazing. Young man, I beg to differ bacon is life.
1: Oh, I thought he meant more from like a uh, like a, a nutritional standpoint, because he was talking about how it's like very fatty and whatever. I thought he was saying like, it's not as good nutritionally, which you would think is kind of obvious, but I don't know. look Austin I can do care. no I wrong in my bacon. book. So maybe that's just Austin. <laughs> I'm sending you a pack but... of
0: bacon. Now you have to eat it. Oh, man. Look, I, I love
1: bacon, but
0: <laughs> now also Drew trying to bro out and then doing the action pose. Um yeah maybe he should stay on like Pokemon Island with the other nerds. He's better at that.
1: Yeah, I think that's more suited to his interests.
0: Now that the fun is done, Austin and Jake will go out to fish and I have to say I don't think I noticed um just how hairy Jake's back was until this moment. Not a bad thing just an observation um because you look listen we, you know how the show has been in the past we've had models on the show we've had actors we've had people who probably requested to self-groom on the show in real time jake is a real human and i appreciate that we had a real person out there who didn't mind taking off the shirt no matter what good for him
2: mm-hmm.
0: there's hope for other people
1: <laughs> i mean he is he's a very good looking guy to me there, so that's true that may now, be helping him out a little bit but yes
0: We will have a beautifully filmed fishing trip for Austin, who has never spearfished, but he will succeed as he admires the Fijian coral. He says that this is their Thanksgiving feast, but it's a fish, not the same. Um, Don't make it sound like it's your turkey dinner that the ladies are having. (laughs) But now that we have Jake and Bruce alone in their backyard pool, Bruce will tell Jake that they have the preemptive strike talk to discuss D on the chopping block. Bruce tells Jake that he is trying to find a way to save his own ass. He will continue this lack of idol shtick and jake's jake's like yeah no and for those who want to play poker against jake in the future when jake says yeah no he doesn't agree with you because he's done this a couple times yeah no is his tell
1: interesting i don't i don't notice those little details like that so i don't well, play poker. when you it's a no just in case well now
0: you play when you play against him you're good, to know, you're good you know how it works <laughs> your
1: theater well, kids jake- playing poker interesting
0: jake will ask bruce how tight he is with Mama Jane. He says very much so, but he has to find out where her mind is. Now, does Bruce really believe that they were tight, or is this just another gulp of delusion aid?
1: Yeah, it's hard to say because we really have not seen a game relationship between right. them at all. But I, I do think it's true that they had a close, like personal bonds. But we saw that he was calling Kelly his number one before, right. and she had a hard time even believing that. It turned out that he was telling the truth in that case. So. It is possible because it feels like Bruce really hasn't had any close allies for a while in the game. So I guess maybe relatively speaking, that was his closest sure. ally. But they just weren't very close because he was kind of on an island of his own, unfortunately.
0: Jake knows D will not go as he wants to unhitch his wagon from Bruce as they have been connected the whole game. He says if they are attached, people will see them as a pair and he becomes a bigger target. Uh, yeah listen when the passion is there the accent is present it is there he is very very much going into that boston accent
2: mm-hmm.
0: jake will tell drew that bruce thinks it will be d and he's like yes chances of that are slum is that like a new word is that like the new catchphrase for like slim to none slum
1: maybe maybe it's a new maybe. gruel. i haven't heard it before let's but try it slum it could be a thing now
0: Jake says that Bruce is only dangerous because he was holding on to an idol, but if he gave it to Kelly, there is a good chance that idol is not there and puts Bruce's butt in dangerous position. Now, surely Jake doesn't believe Bruce, right? Well, no, he's actually thinking Bruce is not lying or he's knowing Drew, but the smile that accompanied Jake telling Drew that Kelly and Bruce's idol made it out of the game makes me think that Jake was actually buying the bullshit.
1: Mm-hmm. I do kind of feel bad for him, too, because I feel like we see soon after the fight that he has with Drew... I feel like at least part of that comes from the fact that Drew thinks that Jake just told him a bold faced lie. Like he doesn't, at least from what we saw, we don't know that or nobody out there knows that Jake actually was lied to as well. Like they think that he was like working in cahoots with Bruce on this lie when really Bruce was just lying to him. So he's kind of put in a bad spot with that
0: drew will be like you're shutting the front door i was like you got to be kidding me did you just say shutting the front door no no i know it's for tv just let it bleep let it bleep drew will give us yet another metaphor it's an avalanche of metaphors as he's like there are two headlights on bruce and he's america's most wanted get the saps stool out because that was a reach
1: i mean it's I mean he has been for the players out there at least. Like they've been so fixated on him for these past. Well, I was more votes. saying
0: I was more saying the the metaphor he gave about the headlights in America's most wanted.
1: Yeah. Well I think the America's most wanted part was true for their tribe at least. Yeah. The head the headlights that's that's I think he an was
0: interesting combi- combination just combining too many things because i think if you're going headlights okay maybe it's cops because the cops shut whatever Drew, just, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll work on it come come workshop with me we'll help mm-hmm. you out now drew will call jake a puppy dog for austin and himself and says that jake hasn't had a clue for days and now comes with a pressing bit of confidential information and he's overjoyed so overjoyed that he's going to tell austin and well bruce's plan to spill the tmz has worked Drew says things are looking sweet as on the chopping block is Bruce and Jake is desperate. They're drawing dead so they have to see what they can do. Now morning has come and as Dee says, they are coming back to their husbands. But real tea, maybe, maybe one will be a husband one day. We guess we'll have to find out next week, right?
1: I guess so. I don't it know. We'll really really teem- be interested it. to see really if it's teem- production. It. it kind of feels sometimes like production's like trying to bully them into it because it's Almost. like they keep, they keep cutting things to make it look like there's something going on between the two of them, but they've only described each other as friends. So it's hard to say whether it's like they're in denial about it or if production's in denial about it and is trying to force the story to happen.
0: It's true. Now Drew says Boys' Day was an interesting experience, saying it was like letting your hair down, which is funny because that's usually what happens at a girls' night. Uh, but alas, mm-hmm. he is happy the girls have returned home as he wants to hear the details of the sanctuary trip. Now, speaking of, Emily will tell Drew that none of the girls want to target them. Well, not before Jake and Bruce, which would have been like, oh, so maybe that women's alliance actually did happen. Now, Drew will share that Jake was told by Bruce the day before about Kelly and the idol and Emily's like, oh, that's fake news as she reveals Katora spilled the beans. So now the plan is officially as long as Jake and Bruce don't win immunity. If Bruce does, they take out Jake. Emily believes Bruce will play the immunity idol. Jake will go home. And they all have been lying to Jake for a long time, and she has done her best to be honest with him. Why? If he's on the jury, she wants to have some respect for her for talking to him like a human and not a chess piece. That's a player who knows how to play the long game of Mm -hmm. human chess.
1: Yeah. And we've been seeing that a lot with her, too. Like, it's that, like, her just telling people straight up, like, warning Caleb that, um, Bruce was not on his side and warning Bruce that Mama Julie wasn't on his side. And every time she's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But it definitely seems like she's very mindful of that, which is definitely a far stretch from where she was in exactly. day one, day two in the game. So good for her for figuring it out so
0: fast. Emily will tell Jake the cold truth of Bruce playing the idol and the vote falling on him. This does not sit well with Jake, thinking it was Drew, as Emily is like, well, really everyone, but Jake is just focused on Drew as he is surprised by that. So again, another person who thinks they have a closer bond than they really do. So Jake will offer trying to put the votes on Drew, and Emily is like, um, which again, we know from the last conversation she had, is code for no. When Emily starts with, not, with mm-hmm. um, she's not going along with it. She says that she's in a decent spot and she doesn't want to blow up her spot. Now we know that Emily has a motive for this conversation, but do you think it might have backfired as this showcased Emily and her newfound social game being a little bit dangerous and threatening?
1: Um, maybe it could be, um, I think it kind of just depends. Like it's definitely something that Jake could try to use against her next week, yes. depending on where the, like, if he's still a target next week, it could but I think the fact that Emily was a lot more straight up with him when he's been getting lied to so much, the fact that she was like, hey, look, I feel like I'm in a decent spot. So, like, I can't really resist right now. Like, I think he's going to see her much more as an ally he can work with because of that rather than somebody to target. But it depends on how desperate he gets and where the connections stay next week.
0: Jake is sick of being the backup target. He's angry. He's wicked pissed. So he is ready to Boston smash this game. It's time to chat with Julie. And he will tell her that there are bigger threats than him and names Drew. Julie will sigh as Jake is willing to do something. And she's just going to leave the conversation immediately because she she knows she can't do this again. Julie will run over this conversation to Drew. And Drew is not nervous. He is not happy to be the last such effort. He is indignant. Again, Mr. Ivy League with the big words. Good for you. I would be like, can I have a dictionary right now and tell me what you mean? Drew says that he is the savior of Jake, essentially, as he allowed him to stay for the previous two votes. Um, Can't wait for the ladies who he sacrificed to hear that one. Do you think they were happy Mm -hmm. hearing that um, he sacrificed them for Jake?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it depends because I think the Kelly one is so understandable because she was such a threat that I feel like that one he could frame in a way that's complimentary to her. I think kendra maybe would appreciate it less yeah
0: yes now let's watch two bro light bros who just had bro camp night going on a walk and talk drew doesn't understand why me and jake is like don't you care if i catch a stray bullet but i have to care if you do now drew's just wondering why him with an island full of people and jake's like why then why me then um welcome to the big dick off Drew will tell Jake it's because he has no allies and he has been the only person batting for him. Jake tells us that Drew is not a gift from God as Drew will ask Jake who he talked to and Jake is like, a conversation's done. Drew is like, all right, mobster, go have fun with him. Jake tells him nothing is like how I am a mobster and I'm in charge of things if I'm on the bottom. And Drew tells him because he's had the conversation was done. Um, and look at King Drew feeling all vulnerable and shit because he can't have total control. Uh, sucks to suck here but I really think this was a really interesting power dynamic and character flaw for both of them but in a way I think this empowered Jake a little bit more to see he found the crack of Drew
1: yeah it's interesting it kind of reminds me of the James and Owen fight in 43 where it's like yes neither of them necessarily handled it well but you can kind of see where both of their frustration is coming from like for Drew like I didn't think, I don't think we saw him as much with a Kendra vote, but like if he hadn't interfered, Jake would have gone home at the Kelly vote. Like that was totally his idea. So it's like I can see both sides of like people thinking that maybe it's like unrealistic of him, obviously, to get upset about getting targeted in relatively late stages of a game for a million dollars. But also, I do see why he's a little bit frustrated because he has been actively shifting the target away from Jake, but I can see why Jake's frustrated too because he's the backup target every time. So it's like, how much do you really care about project, like about protecting him if right. his name is on the line every single time? So I get both sides. Both didn't necessarily handle in the best way, but hey, it made for great tv So <laughs> I'm happy
2: about Drew it.
0: thinks Drew thinks Jake is the big Boston mobster from the, the padded. Drew tells us that he told Jake, get out of here. You're a good your game is donezo. But I really think what happened, I'm sorry, I'm going to do this again. Drew went into the jungle to suck his thumb and cry for his mommy.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't know. As I said before, I think I like Drew more than you, so
2: I think we have different perspectives on him.
0: All right, it's time to head to the water, bring it in the boat. We're going to get an ocean immunity challenge. For this challenge, they will lie on a steep ramp suspended over water where they will have to hold themselves there by holding on handholds. At regular intervals, they will move to smaller handholds, making it more difficult. If they drop, they are out. Last person wins immunity. How would you do this challenge?
1: <laughs> well, I'm a woman, so not great. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, Okay. The Dream Team obviously tests all of this. Is this a situation where they tested it last minute and 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 after the results are like, well, fuck.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because when I saw it, I instantly thought of the iconic Final Four challenge from Survivor Fiji. And sure. obviously this one was a little bit different. I'm not that much of a challenge person. I remember the exact mechanics. I feel like their arms were above their heads in that one. I, I know there's do. water coming down on them. But so it seems similar to that one. And i i mean that was only four people i know cassandra wasn't like the strongest challenge person so i i know she didn't make final two in that one but also i don't know how well she's doing in general but the fact that drew outlasted d who's like a weightlifter is one of her hobbies like and not like not slighting drew i don't get the sense that he's someone who's particularly physical so the fact that he was able to outlast her to me just proves that like there was this a very, very, very genetic advantage for anyone who's Absolutely. a cis man in that competition compared
0: to a cis woman. It's true. Now, this looks easy in the first stage. Maybe it was a little more dramatic than it was, um, but this was a lot about psychological overcoming in this challenge. Again, I don't know what the exact rules they were told to, but in the first few stages, the uh, the obvious strategy here is to bend your knees so you can be in a slightly mm-hmm. seated position. Um, if it was to keep legs extended for the entire time, perhaps it would have been a harder and shorter challenge.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: They'll each be in the handle position for five minutes. We will see some struggling. And even with an entire Thanksgiving dinner in her belly, Emily will be out first.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now let's talk about it. Katoria's notice will be freaking out over what to us. We're not really sure. She's in her head about the water. She says, did we know she had a water issue? no cuz she's been fine in previous challenges she will ask about if anyone else is around to uh, help her if she drops jeff tells her that they have safety swimmers in the water and a ladder next to her and jeff tells her if she wants to let go they they got her and she's panicking and jeff tells her to drop and swim toward her bruce will encourage her and i will say that was a very bold and powerful thing to do as he was out of focus in his own preparation for this challenge in his own game mm-hmm. Is it possible for Bruce that was a million-dollar decision to help Katora?
1: I I wouldn't say so just because he still made it to the final two in that challenge, and that was at a different phase. But, yeah, I mean, that speaks to why I've always liked Bruce, even though I think most people would probably assume with what they know about me and the personality traits that we've seen from him that I wouldn't like him because even though he can be a bit, like, my way or the highway and telling people how to do things sometimes it's always shined it's always shown through that like he has a heart of gold and that he doesn't mean things in a bad way even though it can come off that way sometimes and I think the fact that he was so supportive of her in that moment and in his pregame press like he's just like hopping on like defending her and like praising her like I think that speaks to his character but the immunity challenge I don't know maybe he got out of his head a little bit because of that but it seems like it was because it went on so much longer than that, I wouldn't That's guess her. that that would be it.
0: Absolutely. Well, Katora will apologize. She is very visibly shaking. Emily has to control her. And you mentioning about the potential panic attack, obviously we discussed that there was some things happening the previous day. Um, and as a viewer, we're like, there's we've never seen a water issue before. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really do think that all the pieces came together in this moment and she just couldn't handle it and had to take herself out of it um mm-hmm. which again very risky and and i i do hope we get some resolution about the whole letter situation
1: yeah i just hope that it's something that i mean obviously it seems very likely that it affected her for at least a day or two Hopefully. with this like sudden struggle and the challenge i just hope that it's not something that lasts the duration of the game because that would be very devastating i mean
0: just just i mean we alluded to it earlier but like just imagine having an issue with your mother and one of the people left on the beach is someone you, you're calling mama. Like that mm-hmm. that would probably get to you.
1: Yeah. We'll,
0: I mean, we'll I see. do we'll think we'll on the heard. flip
1: side too, like the fact that Julie was so instantly supportive of her could potentially be very healing in a lot of ways. Like Absolutely. the fact that I think a lot of moms would put themselves in the mom's spot in that situation and be like wanting to sympathize with her because that's like a mom's worst nightmare for their kid to go no contact. So hopefully the fact that Julie was so supportive End up having the opposite effect where it was like healing to some
2: degree.
0: With Katora out, six are left, and they will move down to the third handhold. Everyone is still in it, but then Julie drops, it's down to five. Dean the Bros. But first, the close up of feet. And yes, all of Dee's foot fetish friends, they're very happy to get free feet content. Mm -hmm. Thanks, 90 minute episodes. Now, Jeff is going to try to get into their heads, saying that this is what maybe you do at a carnival, having some laughs and a scone. Like Jake says, what carnival have you seen? I mean, what carnival has scones?
1: Yeah, I'm glad he called that out. I saw someone on Twitter said that apparently in some parts of the country when people say scones, they mean fried dough, which made a lot more sense to me. But also, why? I don't know. I think they were saying...
0: The British are attacking those people right now.
1: I think I think it was like North Carolina or somewhere in that region they were saying. That's I where forget. I am.
0: That's definitely not I don't Oh, interesting, interesting. Okay. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I wanna <laughs> say that like Jessica Lee either said it or was tagged in it or something, but I it just came across my feed and I was like, Well that would explain it a lot more. Also, isn't he from Kansas?
0: Maybe, maybe i don't so, know, I, don't know.
1: I, I have questions but if if I that is true about the fried dough that would make more sense but that's not like the challenge is not in any way similar to yeah. the types of rides
0: at yeah. the only the only ride that i would compare it to is you know that like gravitron thing where you like you're on your back is on that wall and then the thing spins inside that's the closest yeah. thing i can think of but um listen austin's gonna be like does anyone do this for fun and i would say to you austin Actually, probably, yes, but that's a whole different podcast. We're not going to get into that kind of shit right now. The remaining five will move down to the next handhold and will be told their wedge feet have to go flat out, and that is where the pain sets in. The live transition is on. Everyone makes it to the last phase, though seconds in D is out. So good job, boys, on your campaign, because it helped work you out for this one. Now Drew will drop, and then we're going to see Jake and his mic back with Bruce and Austin. I'm curious about this, because obviously, as a viewer, we forget about the production elements. Yeah. Do you think the mic pack got in the way at all because of just like that little lip that it would have had against the back of the board?
1: Wait, so I didn't notice this. Where was his mic pack?
0: So you could, I don't know where exactly the mic pack was, but you could see that he had a band on his stomach because it's Oh, it So I wasn't
1: okay, sure I if thought the that mic pack was, was I thought that was like a that. workout thing. I didn't realize that that was what I that was there, I from. think it
0: was the mic pack i believe it was a mic pack
1: hey maybe i'm wrong oh, okay.
0: i only think it was a mic pack because of all the fun we've seen on big brother and those fucking mic packs
1: oh yeah see i'm not a huge live feed person so i haven't really seen the mic packs that much on the show
0: well jake's true grit will dig deep but he is out it is bruce versus austin can bruce nail it for the third straight challenge history will not repeat itself austin wins immunity it's going to be a very scary night for uncle brucey all right. Now, before Jeff sends the kids to swim out, Jeff has a question for Katora. He says the tradition in a water challenge is to dive in and celebrate and swim over to the boat. And Jeff says she doesn't like being in the water, but clarifies that she likes the water and she's prepared for the moment. But the challenge got her to shake up. So Jeff says that the option, have the boat come take her or give it a go, surrounded by all her tribe mates. Um, she's going to do it. I feel like the closest thing we've seen to something like this was Serene, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and finishing the challenge. Yeah. Is this potentially for those people thinking Katora still has a winner's arc in this game? Was this helpful to that theory? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's hard to say because I feel like that's such a minority of people. It's I don't know. I feel like maybe they would have given her a little bit more like confessional time to explain herself. Because I think to people especially if you're not
0: so confusing.
1: Yeah. And like if you're not paying that close attention, like you may just think like, oh, she can't swim. Like if you're not like recalling, oh, she did all these other swimming competitions, you may be thinking, oh, she didn't prepare to go on the show and whatever. The thing that did stand out to me though is that um the way that Emily was by her side through everything. And obviously that's in part because she was the only one who was out of the challenge in the beginning. But when she was jumping in the water, it was Emily who jumped in with her. So that was the thing that stood out to me more so with Katara was just the way that Emily was there supporting her every step of the way.
0: Austin is beaming with pride with his immunity victory, but Bruce is everything but beaming with pride. Now, of course, we must discuss the content we were given in regards to the official downfall of Bruce. He will tell us confessional that he's feeling okay because he has an idol so no votes against bruce will count seems logical austin will straight up tell bruce probably as a courtesy that bruce will probably need to play the idol and bruce is like yes that is correct bruce says everyone knows he has an idol he has to play it and even goes as far to say that he doesn't want to be the guy holding a hidden immunity idol and voted out so he is aware like he's beyond aware of what he needs to do Bruce will tell Julie and Couture that it will come down to the ricochet and the easy one is Jake, who Julie is ready to go home. She's been waiting for it and will write down Jake. She is still mad he voted for her. Now, Drew wants to do a Bruce idol flash and tells the girls it will be Jake going home. Even Emily is aware that Bruce is 100% going to play his idol. Dee will continue to remind us that if they hear names toward her alliance, they go after them. So Jake is the backup target. Which is very interesting because previously it's D targeting anyone who's gone after her. She's never opened it up for the rest of the alliance.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess it's because she's already gotten rid of everybody who's targeted her. So now maybe if there was someone well, saying she, her name, she'd be focused on them, but she doesn't know of anybody else. I know the guys were mentioning it earlier, the, but she doesn't know that.
0: She doesn't also know that technically Katora did float out that D is the one in charge there. She didn't say her name mm-hmm. to target her, but she does, at least she's aware of it. Now, Katora will say that she thinks it is a ways to get Jake out. She tells Emily that you can't go to the final three with anybody named Mama. Who do you love more than your Mama? Katora says that Julie has been so warm in the way that people talk about her. Everybody loves her. She's impossible not to love. And Katora wants Julie to be the backup despite believing that Bruce will be the one to use the idol. She will go as far to say that she loves Julie so deeply that she would probably give her a million dollars. Hey, maybe that's foreshadowing. Who knows? Mm -hmm. we will see katora tell julie to her face that survivor is a sick twisted disgusting ridiculously delicious enjoyable terrifying game katora here's my advice put that on a t-shirt i'll buy it Mm -hmm. yeah that was a good one one t-shirt that was good
2: yeah
0: katora thinks that julie is super strategic as she is in with the Reba people bruce is super close to her and everyone loves her now i have to say this was a fascinating plot point to include simply because I think the editors also needed to throw us off the scent of Bruce Bruceing himself. Otherwise, this would have been mm. a really boring post-community setup.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting because they did try to make it look like there was a, a chance that like, they actually would try to form a coalition against Julie
0: right. until
1: we get that confessional from Emily, but then one like by the end when we have all the pieces, it's pretty obvious that nobody right. was really contemplating that seriously.
0: Now, remember back on day one when Emily called out for Bruce? Well, we will have one of our final moments between this pair as she tells him that, well, she hates to tell him this. Mama J is not with him. She says it's like Kelly who wants the jury vote and is being nice to him, which is technically what Emily's doing at the same time. But shh, don't tell her that. Mm-hmm. Bruce will tell Emily that he doesn't give two poops about it because he's playing an idol. He Honestly, Um If anyone goes back and watches this episode for fun, take a drink anytime Bruce says he's playing his idol. You'll get drunk by the end of the watch. Emily will tell him that she needs his vote, so he, her, Katora, and Jake put votes on Mama J. She tells him that if they are going to take a shot at her, they cannot miss, so he is 110% solid. He will go talk to Jake. Emily will tell us that she is lying to Bruce's face, that if she can outsmart and outwit him a little bit, she thinks it's possible that he won't play his idol. Now we've seen Emily be a very straight, sharp shooter here. She thinks this is even a long shot. Yeah. What do you think the 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 odds in her brain were at this time? If she was making an analytical investment here, what what percentage would you think she's giving it?
1: Oh, I would have said probably 5 to 10% at most. But also, we did see earlier in the episode, they, like, they highlighted Katara saying to her that she really underestimates herself. So that would be in line with that.
0: Now, I have not gone and read any exit interviews to know if this is the key to Bruce's decision. But for me, I'm finding it so hard that this man, with the ego he had, listened to Emily, who he had zero trust in or a working relationship with. Like, if you told me at this point that Katora convinced him to do this, I'd be like, fine, I understand it. I could see it simply based on early, the earlier interaction that he had with the lie, because he is she is the only one who knew about it. But I'm wondering if we got a little bit of a fancy edit here. I'm not fully buying that it was Emily who convinced him that this plan would work.
1: Yeah, I mean, she is the one that he's giving credit to in his exit press.
0: Okay. It's fascinating, though, like where where... it's hard for us as viewers to understand why he would think that, because there's nothing that would give you any thought that Emily is the one to trust here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I know he has mentioned, too, that he wasn't as bothered by what she said on the mat the first day as like people may have thought that he was. So, and I think if you go back, like I know last week, at least he voted out Kendra. So I think from like a viewer perspective, they've been presenting it as kind of Reba versus like the Bellow people. But if you look at the voting, I think that he has been working with them a little bit more than it made it seem like. Because he was with her with the Sifu vote as well. Right.
0: Emily will tell Katora that while she is playing this up to Bruce, she will cater to Katora's ear and tell her that she does think Mama J is a big threat. Perhaps this is a big plot point for our following vote. Bruce tells Jake that lots of votes are going to be split, three for him, three for Jake, and then whatever happens, happens. Bruce will talk down to Jake with his little hand seminar and tell him that if they go the way they are now, bye Jake, bye Bruce. He tells him that it's Mama Jay and Jake goes home. Now, listen, hear me out. Bruce's plan, if it executed properly, would have been excellent. Excellent. If the Reba four were forced to split between Jake and Bruce, that's two on each, leaving four votes that could have been put straight on Julie, but the problem with this logical plan is no one wants to work with Bruce. Yeah. Now Jake is like, okay, this is all good. I don't want to go home, but do you have an idol? Bruce says yes, so Jake wants to know why he lied about the idol. Bruce says the game is Survivor, you have to play the game. And that was it. That's how Bruce, again, lost it. He could not keep his alliance strong. Alliance maintenance is so important in Survivor.
1: Yeah. Well, I will say to be fair that Jake ratted him out before. So he of course, Of course. So there was some degree to which there was founded to not trust him. But yeah, I think that's just the biggest problem here is just that on paper, it made so much sense to make that move. But for the individual players with the relationships that they had with each other, it just wasn't going to happen
0: now jake is like maybe if you didn't do that i would be on board and jake says it's wicked frustrating to be lied to by bruce he is sick of it jake says he's been lied to and rope-a-doped and i don't think he means it like he says it but um maybe that's just what we say as part of my drive with the rope anyway jake knows that on paper that julie plan is great anybody but him he just doesn't know who to trust so he will go sit on the beach and cry out of frustration I would have done the same thing. I would need my Mm -hmm. time alone to just get it all out there. And why not look at a beautiful beach? That might be your last time to ever see it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough place to be in for him.
0: A moment of vulnerability out there for Jake and more steam for his endgame edit. Jake is trying to stay alive and everyone is playing a game. He's not taking it personally, but he is disappointed in himself. They are really leaning into this as part of Jake's arc. Now, Katora will see Jake and ask him if he's okay. He tells her he doesn't know what is going on, and she will get down to his level and tell him it's hard to know if people are lying in your face and tells him that she's got him and not to panic. They can do this. Bruce will see Jake now, and he, too, will ask what's up. Jake says he's trying not to do anything. He's good with the plan. He just doesn't know why he would not be better at this game. Now, Bruce will not get at the same level as Jake like Katora did, but actually bend over and says that Jake is far from dumb. He admires him for passing the bar and not to drop himself to what he's not. He just hit the survivor wall. Now, the reason I want to point this out is both Katora and Bruce handle Jake differently, which goes to show both of their characters and how you might trust a person in a moment of vulnerability. Which person feeding you similar support are you going to listen to? the one who physically gets down to your level or the one that is giving you a small but huge teaching moment. Yeah. It was very interesting to me because you could see Bruce in dad mode and I think Bruce needed to get out of dad mode and be Mm -hmm. at the same level as Jake.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and that's something we've seen him talking about trying to fight but not necessarily being able to, to succeed in is that he's oh, i'm not the dad i'm the uncle but bruce is just such a yeah. daddy he can't he just can't Wait. escape it
0: i think they're both sincere and they're both genuine but i almost like could you imagine if bruce literally sat down next to jake i think jake would maybe have a different mindset for a moment because he would see bruce differently yeah just a little thing for future players out there it's all about how you present yourself to people in moments of vulnerability and we saw a lot of that this episode a lot of emotions
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: bruce feels for jake but says that he has to realize that he's a smart kid for himself so bruce will say that jake is the key for the plan to work but says that if he emily katora and jake go for mama jay she's out once the rainbow four is split up the game is turned on its head which we all know is fact but what's funny about this is Bruce thinks it's all coming down to Jake, but the reality is it doesn't even come down to Emily either. It comes down to him and his ability to play an idol.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So Emily will tell Bruce that her fear is that she doesn't want to put her game on the line if Mama Jay is not voted out. If she isn't and they come back, she's done. But I think that's kind of a given after this one anyway, but we'll get to it. Emily has been trying to manipulate Bruce, and the only way that he doesn't play his idol is if he feels comfortable enough that he's not going home. He walks and talks with her that everyone thought they would hate each other, but they're beginning to make inroads. Emily calls this a Hail Mary, but if Bruce plays the idol, who is the backup target, is it Mama Jay? who will lose? you will lose to in the end? Will it be Jake who's the safer option? Emily just doesn't want Bruce there with the idol. If he goes home without playing his idol, then everyone will say, "Wow, well, look what Emily pulled off. And that's why I believe she's going home next. Her resume just got bigger and flashier than Dee's.
2: Um,
1: well, I think it depends on if how aware people are that it was specifically her. Because when he got voted out, the only one who turned and said something to her was Jake so we don't know i mean it seems like the repo people were all shocked it seems like the only people who kind of had an idea of emily's plan was, was her and jake so it kind of depends on how they play i mean and it's we don't know explicitly that jake was on it he we just saw him turning and saying like good job or something right. so right. it'll be really inter- interesting to see because if jake doesn't rat her out they may not even realize like if they just it off like wow that was crazy we don't know what he was thinking then she may be able to slip that completely under the radar meanwhile bruce is giving her credit in the jury
0: you know who i think would rat her out it's not jake it's katora
1: yeah well it's it's interesting because we don't know how much katora actually knows i definitely think she would rat her out if she knows but we didn't see that reaction from her in the episode at least
0: well, let, we'll see what happens. We're at Tribal, where yeah. Miss Kendra is giving revenge death stares. Like, she is going to murder those bitches in that revenge dress. She is not happy. Though I think she's actually happy she was just doing it for camera.
1: hmm Yeah, it's been interesting, because it's... I don't think this is much with Kayla, but last week, Kelly seemed, like, super bitter on the jury. Which, like, now, like, it's, like, one day later, and she was blindsided. Right. But she seemed so bitter in this week it wasn't as much with her but kendra seems so bitter so it'll be interesting to see if this trend continues
0: all right jeff notes that something feels different or is he crazy emily says he's not crazy as they had a couple of tribal councils where one person is wearing a certain necklace and now it's on someone else and the energy is different bruce says it's different for him as he's looked uh, at a he's looked at a a lot longer now he says he knows where he stands with everyone and has to do things to ensure he's there another day now jake felt the energy being different as well as he was approached more than he has in the past couple days he says not being the tribe pariah is nicer than being the pariah and we're going to cut over to kendra on that Mm -hmm. line who's going to give a death stare i was like oh boy she's not feeling great about that one is she
1: yeah, I mean, I'm curious if that was a bit of editing magic, because I know some I people so pointed too. out that they cut to her because before she didn't know what a pariah was when Bruce said so. that. I so so. <laughs> that was, you know, bonus to whichever editor decided to cut to her at that moment
0: jake says not being in the know is tough and calls upon a lot of insecurity he says they all have insecurities but with lawyers there is a lot of imposter syndrome and for all our drag race fans out there please welcome to the stage inner saboteur austin will be asked if it's singing when your name is written down i'm like jeffrey why are you directing this question to him he hasn't felt that yet his name has not been written down
1: His name hasn't even been floated yet, which is, like, mind-boggling. Like, nobody's even, even when they consider targeting Reba, they consider D, they consider Drew, they consider Julie. Nobody's considering him.
0: Well, he will say, on one hand, you hate to hurt people on a personal level, but on the other hand, there is a million-dollar difference, and someone not knowing a piece of information could be the way to get it or not. Jake will clarify that he doesn't feel it's personal, but says it does play into things going over his head and feeling dumb. We're going to have Kelly turn to Caleb on the jury and tells Caleb that it's breaking her heart. They're really showing a lot of vocal moments from the jury this season.
1: Yeah, and they seemed much more pro-Jake than I expected, too, Like especially considering how he... Acted, even though it obviously wasn't like malicious. Like there were definitely some social faux pas oh. from him in the past two tribals. So it's interesting to see Kendra and Kelly like seeming to be rooting for him so much.
0: Jeff tells Jake that he is not the first person to be out of the loop as withholding information is job number one. But Jake knows that in his head he is feeling it still had. God damn it, that accent. I'm sorry I'm mocking the <laughs> accent, but again, going to school in Boston and i've heard that accent way too much mm-hmm. Julie will be called out for being mama jay she says it's beautiful gesture until it's threatening she says it's also terrible for her personally when she lies at someone she says she felt terrible for kendra she can't even look over at the jury she gets emotional uh peep kendra with that face uh of, fuck off bitch you lost my vote uh yeah she's not happy she's still bitter but,
1: yeah we'll see we'll see by day 26 if she's still that bitter but yeah there's definitely a lot of bitter energy on this story
0: Julie says there is an extra bit of, I trusted you, you were Mama Jay," and she feels the extra burden. She's having a crisis of faith with the name. But Emily says there is a benefit to being Mama Jay, and she's like, I got to go to the sanctuary. Emily says it will be true with anyone that someone you were close to, you'll have to lie to and vote out, and it's going to be painful. Drew says at camp, it was different at as the merge has been defined by steamrolls there was a target they were tied to the train tracks and the train came and drove over them he loves the metaphors i just want one sentence where there's not a metaphor that's all i ask you think he can do it i know you think he can do it you have faith i, in
1: him. I think if he felt compelled to he probably could but i think he's maybe not thinking that way out there so we're probably I still he's like i want to be on camera
0: <laughs> give me the camera He says this vote is more logistical as it resulted in a bit more ambiguity at camp. Bruce agrees it was more complicated as they are trying to see through words. Is it something meaningful that can affect now or later in the game? Couture says they see the jury getting bigger as their numbers are getting smaller and the tension is intense. They have potential advantages and idols in play and she has to put her foot on the gas pedal now as the game is moving on with or without her. Emily says when you get to eight people, this is a time for a move. I always thought, isn't it nine or seven is the big, big move moments? Is eight really that big?
1: I mean, on paper, you would think it's not because of the even number, but it definitely has been like in the modern era. I think in large part because of all the twists they've thrown in the game. Like it's Shan was 41. high was 42. Noelle was 43. Oh, no! now we're going to
0: have Bruce in this moment. God damn it. Yeah. Who
1: was, who was 44? Who was Franny?
0: Franny.
1: So it's definitely been people who are considered like very huge. I mean, I think with Franny and Bruce, there was also the aspect where it wasn't necessarily a huge blindside at all because they're considered huge threats because of their challenge prowess. Right. Whereas the other ones, I think it was a bit more of a blindside and more of like a targeting, like the head strategist who was at the top of the power structure. So which not as much with the uh, Noel, I guess, but with Shan and um Hi. That was more of a strategic one. So it's been various reasons, but there definitely is a pattern of like a very big threat for whatever reason, whether it's social right. strategic or physical, getting voted out at eight.
0: She will note that the power dynamics will shift after this vote. And it's true. She is setting herself for potential danger. Jake is ready to do something. If they want to sucker punch someone, he is ready. He is there. And that will get rid of the imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. Now, when asked if she would be a little surprised if it was her, Julie says she would be based on the conversations she's had. Now, Austin will be called out again for advantages and idols and says that it's been brought up a ton. He says that this tribal one will be played and he's glad to be safe. Julie is called out for smiling and she thinks one will be played as well. We're going to see Bruce actually laugh. And Drew thinks one will indubitably be played. Okay, Okay, let's see how it is. Let's see what happens. There is one thing they are all unanimous about, and that's not that they think an idol is going to be played. It's that the pure shock that it's about to not be played. That's what they're all unanimous about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Brucey has it, and Jeff says there is speculation that he has an idol and he will play it. And Bruce says whatever is going to keep him in the game is what's going to work. Jeff tells Emily that doesn't mean he will be playing it, and it's true. And Emily will be like, he cannot play if he's confident in whatever he thinks will happen, but she, along with everybody, would be surprised. Bruce has made his intentions really clear. So let's get the shit show started. It's time to vote. Jeff returns with a pause, with the urn. And as usual, he'll ask if anyone wants to play an idol advantage. And again, we have a pregnant pause. Was it for dramatic purposes? Was it editing? Was it everyone literally waiting and giving Bruce his time to have his moment? This is your moment, have it. He's going to have his moment by not playing it. By a vote of four, three to one. Bruce has voted out with his fucking idol in his fucking pocket katora got her takedown of bruce bruce voted for julie bruce was voted for by emily jake julie katora jake gets vote from d austin drew so it sounded like this might have also been alphabetical order
1: yeah i'm curious too because i have a feeling i mean i definitely think julie wanted to write jake's name down Uh and katora undoubtedly wanted i mean that was her first chance where she could write his name down because she wasn't at the same split tribal as him so i have no doubt she wanted to vote for him so i wonder if that was part of it and then they just pieced it together from there
0: was this the right move what happens next
1: yeah so i think it could go a couple ways i think for emily this was the right move uh specifically based on the fact that she there just wasn't going to be like a group of four to get together to get the numbers to get julie out like when you consider that jake and katara had already ratted bruce out and that obviously wasn't a strong four i think this was definitely the best outcome for emily because we've seen every episode that everybody's so focused on bruce and he's become such a big meat shield in a way that i think really benefited d austin and drew like we saw even austin tipping him off to play his idol and i think We heard him mention before, too, with Caleb, keeping him in the game as a meat shield. And I think that's also kept that group together because they have a very, like, common bond and united goal of getting Bruce out, that they're so focused on him that I think it made it a lot easier for them to not start looking at each other. And I do think it's possible that Emily's the one they start looking at next. But I also think there's a much higher chance of the Reba four targeting each other than they would have if Jake had gone home this week and they'd just be focused on trying to get Bruce out again.
0: All right, is Bruce not playing his idol and leaving it in his pocket in the top five worst moves in Survivor history?
2: Hmm. I
0: like. Come maybe, on. Maybe I feel like I'm James the wrong Clemens. person to
1: ask because I'm always the person who's trying to see where people are coming That's from. Fair. Like I'm like I understand why Eric didn't play his idol. Like I I think that like I can see why J Two T made the moves he made. So I am maybe the wrong Games. person to ask. My instinct is no. But on paper, it is a very bad move because when you look at previous people who went home with their idols in their pocket, it was much more of an unexpected blindside, not the sure, person exactly. on the bottom. So I think, of, I, I think part if I, I think I removed I, all emotion, maybe yes, but I can't remove emotions. I'm defensive of Bruce, so I'm gonna say no. But I, mean, I don't know again that
0: can the putting five. him in the same category as James, JT, Eric. Seriously, what is it about Macho Man, their false securities, thinking their ego is going to be the smart thing to save them here? Like, Bruce could be on this top of this list simply because he was warned, not only for three votes, that he was going to be the target when he loses immunity. Like, he knew he had to play it, even for safety's sake. Getting one more vote another week in there, how much is that really going to help him? Because... Do you think this jury would ever vote for him to win by saving himself as an idol all the way to the end? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard to say because it's it seems like the jury's not leaning his way, but we've also seen that he's had a hard time. Kind of, he seems to historically before this moment have a very good sense of when people are targeting him, but he it's like kind of like spotty. Like there's been times when his reads are really good, but then with Katara. And then with some with this idol play, obviously there's been times when his reads have been really bad. I do think, as I said before, is one saving graces is the fact that it just seems so obvious that the right move is to take out Ariba, that I think that's the one thing that makes his move a lot more sympathetic. It's just that it's right. it's not like some like crazy plan that he was presented with that just makes no sense. The plan made right. a lot of sense. So I can understand why he would think that it is a real plan. But yeah, I mean, it's hard because there's been so many times when there's been players like Jay or maybe Kelly in um, Edge of Extinction where like their name keeps coming up and you keep thinking they're going to play it and they don't. And it's like, wow, they've got nerves of steel, but they were right every time. And I feel like it's such a hard line because it's so results oriented that it's like it feels so obvious to have played it. But there's so many times when it felt so obvious for a player to play their idol and they didn't play it and it was the correct move. So it's, yeah. I I don't know how they handle it. I could never have an idol because I would be overthinking it every second of every day.
0: Same. All right, I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast. Are you ready? Okay. What is Bruce's legacy?
1: Um, I think his legacy is just being like a bit of like a fun over the top kind of villain, but not really a villain. I think it's definitely much more of a character than I would have expected after his first run. Like I would have thought, respectfully I was like he seems like a really great guy he does seem like he'd be a little bit boring as a player he was not boring at all so I feel like to me his character like just being this over the top personality I think that's one of the biggest things that will stick with him
0: who won the week who had the best episode who was the star of the show Mm.
1: I mean it's so hard to say with emily because this is a move that could either really pay off for her or could lead to her going home next week so i would probably say maybe her and if not austin because he won immunity
0: fair i want to give Katora the episode simply because it was very much a Katura centric episode emotionally mm-hmm. um and I, I i think she came out very positive and she got what she wanted she got bruce out i mean yeah you has gone she won that battle yeah who's in danger girl who 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 we see going i feel home. like it's
1: i feel like this move just opened up the game so much now that it's so hard to say like i feel like so many people all right right like i don't think jake is going next
0: no because like do, why you would don't they vote him out at this point him. there's there's you drag him to the end he's not winning it's brilliant yeah. to keep him there now
1: yeah like because and but that's the thing too is that he's been the backup target and who is he the backup target for like, if they're taking a big swing and they're voting for D, it's not, they're not going to split the votes on D and Jake. Like, are they really going to say, like, is it really going to be Emily or Katara with Jake as a backup option? I think Emily is the one of that three that could be the target this week. But I just feel like it really could be anybody, especially with the previews they keep showing. I feel like it could be almost, I don't think that's going to be Jake or Katara. I feel like anybody else, it easily could be them.
0: I think it's going to come down to either Emily or Drew. Emily, because I do think her target just opened up so much bigger. And if the before are not happy that she made this move and now has a flashy resume, this is the perfect time to do it. they have the majority. I say Drew's at the bottom of the before because you know the bond that Mama J and Dee have. They've been together the entire time. Mm-hmm. We are now seeing this emotional romantic bond between austin and d i'm not saying he's going to get dickmatized, but i feel like in this moment and th- some of the things he said i think austin would pick d over drew i think drew might ha- have to be sacrificed and i think it might come this week if it's not emily
1: yeah they definitely have foreshadowed d being austin's downfall regardless of what their relationship is yeah so i would i mean we know that he has at least one idol i don't know what's going on with the idol he handed off to julie i i mean i don't know that we've ever actually seen somebody refuse to give an idol back before like that's just right. like such a dirty move like not not an, illegit- not an illegitimate move like i could understand why did you make the move but that's this one that would result in so much bad blood especially when like he is unconditionally like he trusted her that much and wanted to protect her that much that he handed off to her. And I don't know, because we also haven't seen anybody even remotely targeting Austin. Right. So it's not and like you necessarily battle, need to keep the idol from him.
0: With the battle between Drew and Jake, like I can see Jake be like, screw this guy, get him out. I, I, I fear for Drew right now. And I think King Drew might have um his, his people say, I don't need you. You can be a vote for me later on. After 10 episodes, the winner of the season is. Oof.
1: I mean, it seems like most people are between D and Emily, right? I mean, I definitely don't think edit-wise that... I mean, I've definitely... These have been some famous last words before, but I don't think with the edit that a man is winning, not just because no, they made the woman. comment. It's not that they've made comments about a woman winning, which they've done before, but specifically the fact that they have repeatedly given the guys not like the dodo edit but like kind of close to that i and just when you look at like the content that's left like i mean jake could win it's like you would think with the way his game is going with the way juries have been in recent seasons he wouldn't win but it seems like the jurors are rooting for him so he could win i don't know i guess he'd probably be the most likely because i i feel like they have been setting drew up for a downfall and they've just given austin like no personal content like it took until episode nine to find out a single thing about him as a person so I don't think edit wise that he's winning even though game wise I definitely think he could so I definitely think it's a woman and I feel like we've gotten less content from Julie and the Katara stuff was so Bruce focused that I would say probably it would be most likely Drew or or D or Emily but the modern era has been so weird that I feel like it has you can't. Been. like I don't is, think you this... can rule out like Mama and Julie. Like I don't think you can rule out katara either.
0: And this is where I'm going to go. This is like I I, I think I'm going to stand by this one. I'm i I might change by next week. Who the fuck knows? I really think the next vote is either going to be Drew or Emily. I don't think either of them are going to be in the last bit of the episode of the season. Mm-hmm. What here's what I'm going to predict, and this is why I think Jake will potentially be a zero vote finalist Mm
2: -hmm.
0: i have this weird feeling that austin is going to have to be voted out at five get him out Mm -hmm. because he is going to win i'm going to go crazy here and say when it comes to final four katora wins puts d and julie into fire takes jake to the final d beats mama j d will still win the season Katora gets all the votes from Bello except for Bruce.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that definitely would line up with what we. So, would that mean that Drew and Emily are both the next to go, regardless I of think who so. goes to speak? The other one goes next. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'd be interested to see how that goes with um, Austin's idols. Because if he does, I mean, they've. Is it they've, possible
0: he's going to Bruce himself too?
1: I don't know. The thing is, I don't think. If you have an idol at five, I feel like... Well, I don't know, because we've had a couple If he gets it back, as you idol. said earlier,
0: if he gets it back.
1: Yeah, I'm just... I feel like in now that they take idols away from the players, if they hold on to them, I feel like there's not really incentive to hold on to one. But Xander didn't play his, right? And I mean, Marianne didn't play hers, but Mike played his on oh, her. Correct. So... And I mean, there's also the Lindsay vote where she where Omar went home because she refused to play her idol on him, even though it was the last week. So I guess it could happen. I don't see Austin as the type to sit on an idol when it's the last time to play it. But yeah, that's the biggest thing is that I just unless Julie just like doesn't give his idol back and he plays it like this week or next week, it's just hard to see. How he, like because he's already at final seven. It's just hard to see how he doesn't have an idol at final five. It's but true. I don't know. I don't see him as a losing finalist. And I feel like they haven't really foreshadowed much with the fire. Like last season was so over the top with Carson. And That's I know good. they've done that to maybe a slightly lesser degree in previous seasons. I feel like we haven't gotten any foreshadowing really with the fire challenge this season.
0: Watch and see. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug?
1: So I am Perks of Being HC pretty much everywhere, Twitter, threads, Instagram, TikTok, I believe on Venmo too, where people just want to send me money. But yeah, that's where you can find me just about everywhere.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was a blast.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. It was an interesting discussion. Definitely a good week to be on. Let's talk about.